All the children are dismissed for uh, Children's Church. They'd like to go. Pages for a reason. There we go. Um, we have two scriptures today. First is uh, Luke 9, 23 through uh, 25. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Then 1 John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. and We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Thank you, Mark. Good morning, church. Lovely day, isn't it? We should just go outside. Who's in? Who's going to lead? Buddy, you lead us out? I'm not following a Cubs fan. Sorry. Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding, actually. So, um, so I uh, hope you had a good 4th of July celebration. Um, I shared uh, on my Facebook uh, a post from a friend of mine named Sean Castleberry. Uh, he's uh, my Christian Community Development cohort leader, Sean, uh, author of a recent book called Soul Force, uh, Soul Force at Seven Pivots Towards Courage, Community, and Change. And he posted this on the morning of, of the 4th, and I just really love what it says, and I want to share it with everyone. So uh, you can love your God, or you can love your country, and also um, hold it accountable to its highest ideals. You can celebrate independence and lament oppression. You can enjoy your freedoms and fight for the freedom of others. You can honor sacrifices of our military and be anti-war. You can be patriotic and also kneel in protest. You can be civil and also indignant about injustice. You can pray for your leaders and also call out their hypocrisies. You can be proud of your country and ashamed of its policies. You can be an American and a global citizen. Three weeks ago, I shared about this Enneagram type number eight, the challenger, and um, not afraid of tension, not afraid of, um, to, to, um, to address things that need to be addressed, naming injustice where it exists, walking towards uh, and working towards uh, ushering in the kingdom. So I share that as um, I like Sean when I first met him, right? I get him because he is also an eight on this Enneagram thing that we've been talking about. A challenger. So anyway, I hope that your 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 July Fourth was a good um, celebration, uh, a good uh, holiday for you. And uh, speaking of the Enneagram, if you're visiting with us today or have enjoyed some vacation away uh, over the past uh, three or four weeks or so, we've been in a series here at um, Metamora Mennonite uh, called Reflections of God. And in it, we've been looking at how God, in His creative wisdom, uh, has created humankind in his image, and how we all carry this image in different and unique ways. And in these unique ways, then, a, a gift to the world, as Mark was sharing with his opening story. 
the foundational text that we've been looking at each and every week and just reading, reading through is Luke 9. Luke 9 says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Their very self, sometimes translated soul. So sometimes in Christian culture, church world, it can be caught or taught or caught uh, that uh, in, in us uh, as humans, uh, we are trapped in, uh, there's nothing good in us, and that we're trapped in this, in this flesh, we're trapped in this body. Uh, sometimes that could be um, taught or caught. Denying ourselves means denying all of ourselves and becoming more of a spiritual being, so leaving the humanity behind and becoming more spiritual. Uh, we can learn that the journey of faith is a separation of matter and spirit where only spirit is good and not matter. So, um, in that we all need to lose all of ourselves. But Jesus, in this text, seems to, um, you don't want to forfeit your very self, your true self, who you are at your deepest levels. The true self, the one created by God, for God, for the sake of the world. So um, we have uh, also looked at this uh, definition of spiritual transformation from author Ruthie, uh, Ruth Haley Barton, and uh, I'll share it again this week. Spiritual transformation is a process by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God, the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others, and for the sake of others. So far, we've looked at uh, the following Enneagram types of nine, eight, and one, uh, and you know, the eight with the power and protection, nine, peace and oneness, reflecting the peace and uh, oneness of God, and then uh, the goodness and righteousness of the one, of the one, which was last week. And um, it's, it's been a good start to the series, and we've looked at these different lenses through which people look at uh, the world and interact with the world and how they are a gift to us. For they really display what, um, what God is like in flesh and blood um, when these types operate out of their deepest and truest selves. So these numbers um, are all part of what we call the gut triad. If you go to the next slide, I think I have it. More, there you go, the gut or the instinctive triad, the eight, nine, and one. The eight, nine, and one. Um, and um, for them, the eight, nines, and ones, they look, uh, when you look at centers of intelligence, we have the head, we have the heart, and we have the gut, right? So this eight, nine, one, they have an intuitive sense of, uh, of um, to live in the world of knowing from their body, okay? All right, the core motivation for an 891 is anger, but how they react and respond to anger uh, is completely different. Um, Aids will move toward uh, anger and tension. Nines will oftentimes not be aware of anger, and ones would suppress it and deny it and actually um, uh, internalize it, reflecting it back on themselves. Today, as we moved into, we're going to move into this heart triad, number two. All right, Co a core motivating factor for the for this heart triad is not anger, but shame. Shame and how two, three, and four interact with shame in their lives. Okay? So we'll unpack this as we go throughout this triad, the two, three, and four, this heart triad. Okay? So um, 
So what's the shame of the twos? The shame of the twos often looks like they might be ashamed of having needs, okay? Uh, if I'm really who I'm supposed to be, I wouldn't have needs. I wouldn't be a bother to somebody. Uh, twos can attempt to cover their shame by helping others, okay? So for type two, a verse that really encapsulates or the, uh, a verse, verses that they really embody comes from one of the texts that, that Mark just read, John, uh, 1 John 3, 16 through 18. I'm gonna read it again. So type two, see if you can see. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. So, yeah. And that's probably my fault. I haven't recharged the batteries, so it's all good. So, um, the type 2 verses, uh, yeah, 1 John three sixteen through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to, and twos do this, all right, lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love, the love, of God be in that person. Dear children, let us not love with words and, or speech alone, but with actions and in truth. Love, love, love. Nurture, nurture, nurture. The, this is the gift of the twos, all right? Um, they get it. They do this so well and um, are a gift to the world. It's really love and action when love takes on flesh and bones to seem to, to have this endless supply of love and care for all people. Uh, last week, uh, when I said a one, when we talked about the ones, the, the um, uh, folks who look at rightness and, um, and uh, uh, rightness and not oneness, is, uh, huh? goodness, yeah, the goodness and the, and the rightness of God. When, when a one walks into the room, they immediately begin to assess, just naturally, what's wrong or what's not right, what needs fix, fixing. Well, twos can walk into a room and begin to, begin to notice who is in need. Who is in, in need of love or care? That's what a two, when a two walks into a room. Twos sense peace when all hearts are connected and well cared for, Okay. There are a couple examples that jump out for me when it comes to twos in the Bible, okay? One would be Jesus, <laughs> right? Love, nurture. But um, one can also think of Martha or Epaphroditus. And you might be thinking, who's Epaphroditus? He's coming. So, okay. All right, so we'll talk about Martha first in, for just a moment. So many of us know the story if you grew up in church, really familiar with the story, Mary and Martha. Mary, the one who chooses to sit at Jesus' feet, and Martha, busy with the details of hosting people in her home. Her work, and her work is going unnoticed, and she begins to tell Jesus to tell Mary, hey, to help, right? To help. So perhaps Mary, uh, sorry, Martha was a, was a two with a one wing, pointing out that something's not fair or right. I'm doing all the work, right? So, uh, so Martha... Um, 
wanting to make her, her guests feel loved and welcome, accepted, connected. These are amazing gifts, amen, right? These are amazing gifts. However, didn't take advantage of the, of, of the time to be with Jesus himself and to look at her own needs, a specific need to be with the divine, to be with Jesus, right? So close your eyes for a minute um, and uh, yeah, just close your eyes and just pretend that the voice of Jesus is coming to you and says, and says, Gail, I'm coming to your house for dinner. Or Jeannie, I'm coming to your house tonight. Or Don, I'll be over this afternoon, right? But says your name and says, I'm coming over. What is your initial response what is your initial reaction to that? Is it something like, sweet, I get to hang with Jesus. Jesus is coming over. It's going to be a party. It's going to be awesome. Or, you can open your eyes now if you want. Or, um, oh, I've got work to do. I, you know, we got to vacuum. We've got to like, we got we to gotta get everything ready because Jesus is coming over, Right? So if your reaction is, to, is in this preparation and, and making sure, and not just Jesus is coming over, but a whole gang of people is coming over to your house and you need to make um, preparations. If you answer with um, not this sweet Jesus is coming, but more of a worry about helping and getting things ready, then maybe uh, a, d- a deeper dive into the two uh, is what's needed for this, uh, for this Enneagram journey. So many of us know this Martha tendency, tendency. Um, but I want to look at someone else in Scripture. So Epaphroditus, this will be fun. Uh, anyone like chocolate? Everyone who has, did someone shake, you don't like chocolate? Well, this question is not for you. Uh, can someone tell me, where do we find Epaphroditus in Scripture? Raise your hand and this is yours if you get it right. Epaphroditus. Who is Epaphroditus? Anyone? Don't go to the next slide. Yeah. It's a person, yes, from Scripture. You are half right. I will give you half of this, <laughs> this uh, candy bar. Anyone else? Epaphroditus, a very not well-known minister of the gospel. But he's mentioned by who? Anyone? By Paul, yes. In what book? I am going to give this to my wife. <laughs> she, she loves chocolate. Because <laughs> I really don't. So I'll give, actually, I'll just, you get, there you go. Well, Epaphroditus, if you could hand, hand it back. Hand it back over there. Okay, all right. So um, Epaphroditus, he's found in Philippians, chapter 2 of all places, right? So um, let's read Philippians 2, 25 through 30. And these twos, these lovers, nurturers, um, making um, themselves available to meet needs. They walk into a room and they say, who's in need? All right? So Philippians 2 says this, but I think it is necessary, Paul, it, Paul is saying, but Paul thinks it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you send to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill 
and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him, um, not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Next. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may have less, uh, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make it for the help, the help you yourselves could not give me. What do we notice or see in this rarely mentioned minister of the gospel? Well, first, one of the first things is it says, my brother. Now, is this Paul's actual brother? No, it's a brother in Christ, right? Um, the closest of friends are often twos. The closest of friends are often twos, right? Another thing is coworker. A coworker means a helper, someone who is helping you in the goal to be reached, okay? The great team players. Next it says, Paul says, whom you sent to take care of my needs, okay? The Philippians um, would send who to take care of a need? Well, you send a two if there's a need, right? Because this is a place where twos come alive. This is a place where they sense the divine presence in the meeting needs of others. So why did Paul have need? Well, he writes this from prison. He's in prison, and in prison in this culture, someone else would need to come and take care of your needs. The Roman government was not providing the meals for their inmates. They needed someone to visit them and to bring them food and nourishment. Okay, so the two, okay, so there's a need there, right? So this two also, it says, it longs to be with you. Epaphroditus longs to be back with the Philippians because twos love connectedness. Twos love a heart connection, presence, being with one another. Um, he was no longer with him because he was away helping Paul, all right? So they want this heart connection, I want to manage all relationships at deep levels. And then it says that Epaphroditus is distressed because the Philippians heard he was ill. Okay, so let's think about that for a minute. If I'm ill and my parents back in Sioux City, Iowa, hear that I'm ill, I'm like, I'm okay with that because they can begin to pray for me. They can begin to send chicken soup. They can, you know, what they... You know, it's okay. I'm not distressed because I am in need, and that's okay. I will allow others to love me. <laughs> it's fine. But twos, but twos, why is Epaphroditus? Now, we're not going to know the answer to this question. We can't ask Epaphroditus why he was distressed. But a two would be distressed because there's a need that they have. And that this brings, oh, no, 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 I'm here to serve Paul and serve the Philippians and not no one's here to serve me. I really want to take care of everyone else's needs, right? So there's this distress, okay? Why is there a distress? For, um, for this potential two, Epaphroditus, um, so hard to be in need, almost embarrassing to be the one who needs help because the, the, the root of this distress may be what is called pride. I don't need anything. I'm good, I'm good. Pride can be this thing. And we'll talk more about pride in just a minute. And last thing, I don't have it on my notes, but I just 
Um, Paul says to the Philippians, welcome him with great joy and honor men like him. Okay? One, one thing for twos is that when they love others and love others well, they, it's, they like to be noticed for that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But to be thanked and honored, acknowledged, Paul is saying to the Philippians, acknowledge him, for he almost died for the work of Christ. It's okay, right? So honor men like him, right? So um, let's see here. So in their, in their true self, their authentic self, a two is a conduit of God's love. Empathetic, sensitive to the feelings of others. Um, another verse that exemplifies a two, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Do you know someone who does that well? They might be a two. It serves the church well when the member care team is full of bunch of twos, right? The member care, bunch of twos. <laughs> oh man, they are taking care of needs. Wherever there's need, we're on the case, right? You want twos on that team. All right, a healthy two will be generous with their time, energy, resources, without expecting something in return. Without respecting something in return, because that's where pride gets in the way. See, um, there's a particular joy for twos to identify someone who has been without love and without care. They themselves can bring love and care to remind them that they are loved and cared for by God. This is good. Twos find it easy to relate to all kinds of people. This is not me. <laughs> all kinds of people. All right. It is good to have twos in your life when you're in the process of moving. If you're moving, twos will show up. They're just going to be there. Some examples of twos, Mother Teresa, Desmond Tutu, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Pavarotti, of course. I don't know why he's a two, but he's a two. So, um, this, so that's the true self, authentic self, who they are to be in the world that God's created in, in their essence. But there's an adapted self, a false self that sort of gets in the way here, right? So not always, but it's possible that for twos in their childhood, um, there might be a childhood wound where they experienced a withdrawal of love where love should have come from in the first place. Love was expected, but it just wasn't there for some reason. Maybe picked up in childhood, it's not okay to have your own needs. It's not okay to have your own needs. Last week, for the ones, um, uh, if ones were ever applauded or um, celebrated for doing something right, uh, for doing some, they felt love for doing right, thus reinforcing their desire to be perfect and live to a highest standard. So, but for twos, but for twos, it's different. They may have been applauded or rewarded for sharing, acting unselfishly, or being helpful, thus reinforcing, I'm worthy of love when or if I am loving others well. See where they can get tripped up there? So ones earn love from others and God by doing right. Twos fall into this trap of earning love by loving others well, becoming worthy of love themselves. This can be a, a, a root suffering for twos. Unhealthy twos can step into um, uh, places where they're not actually needed, right? Uh, helping when um, helping is not actually wanted. So um, here's a next slide here. 
So this, this uh, past four or five days, we, um, we've been asked to dog sit. Um, kids love it. And I just kind of feel like it's, it's great. I, if you have pets and we can sit, you know, watch them for, bring them over. Because then you feel like a grandparent. You love on them for a bit and you send them right back home, right? You know what I'm saying? Anyone? Can I get, a, can I get an amen? Anybody? Amen? Yeah? All right. So we have this dog in our home for four or five days. Bailey. Okay, and the kids want to be so helpful, and they want to love on this dog so well. This is, these are good and right things, right? This is, this is what you hope your kids, you know, would, would treat a, a dog that needs a home, right? But sometimes the dog's like, whoa, you know, they are so, they want to help so much and play with, and the dog is tired at the end of the day. These kids <laughs> won't leave me alone, right? So they step in, they want to help, they want to help, they, well, I, I can do this, I can do that, you know, and they, they exhaust the dog, <laughs> right? They think they're helping, stepping into a place where there's help's needed, but they actually, you know, they step in when they don't need to. Make sense? Right? So this can happen, this can happen, all right? Twos can live with a sense that if they're not needed, they can feel disconnected from people, all right? And try even harder to love people who maybe it's not even desired, Unhealthy is too. This need, uh, the need to be needed drives them. Um, also, a need of esteem and affection and acknowledgement is sought for validation of who they are. See where that's, that can get a little, little muddy. And if not received acknowledgement and thankfulness, they can, after all I've done for you, pride. See? They can be tricked into thinking that um, they can outlove outgive, outhelp others, even God. Okay? And again, it goes back to this, this thing of pride. So in their head, center of intelligence, they know they can't meet needs of all people, but their heart has not catch, caught up to that reality. Their head knows it, but their heart may has not, have not has caught up to that reality. So twos can then overcommit and live without healthy boundaries. Right? At times can c- carry their own Messiah complex, uh, the pride takes shape um, in that they avoid at all costs their own needs and wants and desires, turning away from themselves and getting busy tending to the needs of others. This would be Martha from the story. If you want to make it too uncomfortable, ask them how you can help them. They will struggle with a response, <laughs> oftentimes. So, an untransformed two may look like this. An untransformed two may look like this. Kids have graduated. They have moved off to college. And um, now there's no one in the house to care for. Um, and after all these years of meeting the needs of everyone else, they don't know who they are anymore because they're not dialed into their own needs, wants, or desires because they've always been looking after someone else. Or it's a man or woman who has retired. They have given and served and helped their company well. Maybe it's a school that you know, they retired from, or uh, they're in a helping profession of some sort, and they've retired. Upon retirement, they don't know who they because they cannot help and love at the same capacity that they used to. So, What's the path towards transformation? What's the path back home to their true self? A quote from Ernest Hemingway, 
The most painful thing is losing yourself in the process of loving someone too much and forgetting that you are special too. What part of their true self will emerge as they lose and disown the false self? How will they become more like Jesus when they follow him? So, a question that can help a two in transformation for the glory of God, abundant life, and for the sake of others. A two needs to learn the art of asking this question. Lord, is this mine to carry? Is this burden or need something you, Lord, are asking me to step into? What needs are a yes and what are actually not mine to carry? Another thing towards transformation, letting go of the need to be needed. This is easier said than done. And on the other side of pride, humility can be found. Sometimes humility can be found by admitting and acknowledging that you have needs and desires as well and not feeling guilty about that reality. Last week I shared that the one's path back home to their true selves had to do this with this idea of grace. Well, for a two, it's humility. Going back to spiritual transformation definition that we, uh, from Ruth Haley Barton, it's, uh, you know, for the glory of God, for abundant life, and for the sake of others. Twos understand for the sake of others. Duh. But for the glory of God is blocked when pride sets in. See? For the glory of God not the, their, themselves. So practice of confessing pride. Man, my pride has really reared its ugly head this week. Confessing, God does not love me because I am a mother or a father. God does not love me because I am a wife or a husband. God does not love me because I love others well. God loves me because I am his. And that's it. Also for twos, learning the art of receiving versus the art of giving. They do well at giving. Give, give, give. But the art of receiving, like most art, takes practice. Integrated twos can meet needs by sensing what the Spirit's prompting them to do without expecting anything in return. Pure love and genuine love will begin to flow from a two with no strings, with no strings attached. Twos may uh, need to learn, uh, so when they walk into room, the question is, who's in need? Well, sometimes the question, walk into room and say, I have a need. A path towards transformation. I, what do I need? What do I need? Another practice that would help a two, uh, that often helps us is spending time with Christ, spending time with Jesus, with God. Mary chose this. Martha did not. So twos don't want to stop because when you do stop, what are you faced with? Your own feelings and your own shame and your own ugly, Right? It's hard to let that settle in. I asked a two this week if there was a breath prayer that um, helps them in their daily lives. 
And she responded with just reminding and breathing, gentle shepherd. Gentle shepherd. Going back to the dog sitting, <laughs> sometimes the kids are loving, but they're not gentle. See what I'm saying? Same thing for the twos, right? They can be love, 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 and it's not, it's not gentle, right? See what I'm saying? Okay. So, um, just reminded, just a, a breath prayer of being a gentle shepherd. How is God a gentle shepherd towards me, and how am I a gentle shepherd towards others? So, and I shared this last week with the harmony triad idea with the one, uh, the four, and the seven, right here, goodness, rightness, creativity, and depth, and joy, and abundance, and how there's this, this, this divine flow. Goodness creates joy, and when you have joy, then you're back to goodness. And so for this next one, go to the two, um, in, uh, engage in each center of intelligence, your, your gut, your, um, your heart, and your head. So you have this love and nurture, um, this power, and uh, Moving to this observer wisdom and then power protection. Go, go to the next slide. So love contemplates, then decides. How can I best love this person? Am I called to love this person to meet this need? Slow down. What's wise? What do you discern as meeting a need? Okay. Engaging the life-giving instincts of the eight, being decisive and confident, and the life-giving intellect of the five, being observant detached and wise, right? So what can we do as brothers and sisters in how to love twos? Well, I think first and foremost is don't take advantage of them. If you know that someone is quite possibly this, <laughs> yeah, you can ask them for all sorts of things, and guess what? They'll come running. So don't take advantage of our twos. Appreciate their gift to the world by acknowledging them and thanking them. Welcome him in great joy and honor men like him, for he almost died for the work of Christ. This is Epaphroditus. Encourage them that um, they too have a no button, and if they're not willing to accept that they have a no button to meeting needs, maybe just encourage them uh, that they have a maybe button. Because if they have a maybe button, then they can go away. Wisdom and discernment says, should I meet this or not? Is this mine to carry? So, um, so an invitation, um, one more verse I, I want to share with you about this loving and nurturing characteristics of God built into the very fabric of twos. It's Matthew 25, 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Last week, I was hoping to end with a song from um, a guy named Ryan O'Neill um, from Sleeping at Last, and the audio didn't work last week. So this week, he's written on the Enneagram, and I want to share song number two with you. So it's just really to listen. The words will be on the screen, and just to reflect 